Thanks for listening to the Family Perspectives podcast brought to you by the BYU School of Family Life Student Editorial Board. I'm Madeline Sorensen. And I'm Tyler Clancy. And today we'll be interviewing Dr. Lauren Marks. Lauren Marks joined the School of Family Life in 2015 after 13 years at LSU. Marks received his bachelor's and master's degrees from BYU and his PhD from the University of Delaware. His research on families have received national media attention from outlets including the New York Times, the Washington Times, the Boston Globe, and the Wall Street Journal. He is co-director with Dr. David Dahlheit of the American Families of Faith Project that includes 200 Christian, Jewish, and Muslim families. Lauren and his wife, Sandra, married in 1995 and are the parents of five dynamic children. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Marks. We're excited to have you on today and look forward to a fantastic conversation. Thanks, Tyler. So, Dr. Marks, one thing that stuck out to me as I read through your biography was you joined the staff here at BYU after you spent 13 years at uh, Louisiana State University, also known as LSU, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I, I have two questions for you. One would be, do you miss the gumbo, the Cajun food down south? And then two, how did you make the transition back here to BYU? How did that all play out? Miss the food like crazy. Uh, good news is we had jambalaya for dinner last night. Uh, my wife, Sandra, mastered, uh, mastered Southern and Cajun cooking. So we got to bring that with us, gratefully. Um, we, we miss our dear friends down there terribly. Didn't get to bring them with us. But uh, in terms of making the transition to BYU, my wife, Sandra, teaches here as well. We love it here. BYU is home. We both uh, have done a couple degrees each here. And it's great to be back in, in Provo these past five years. That's spectacular. What, is your, what uh, subject does your wife teach? She's in exercise science and teaches student wellness classes as well. Awesome. So she keeps you in shape. Y- yes. Keeps yeah, you guys in, moving. In numerous ways, or at least tries to. <laughs> That's fantastic. So um, earlier uh, on the podcast, we had Dr. David Dahlheit, um, and we talked about uh, religion and families in, in, a, in a general sense. But you and Dr. Dahlheit are actually partners in the American Families of Faith Project. Dr. Dalahite uh, previously explain, explained the project uh, and how it kind of works out to our listeners, but I'm interested in hearing why you're so passionate about this research topic, families and faith and how those interact, and why you've spent such a large part of your life studying families and faith. Thanks for asking. Uh, Dave Dalahite and I have been research collaborators and partners for about 25, 26 years now. And faith is fascinating to us, but we are uh, ultimately relationship scholars. And what interests us most is when belief is strong enough to influence behavior and action, to change relationships. Uh, We're also deeply interested in how Americans build long-term marriages. So essentially what we do is interview uh, individuals recommended to us by their clergy as exemplary families. These are the best, the strongest uh, folks that we've got in our congregation. And then we ask them about their secrets. How did you make it? Uh, How did you make it through the challenges, the trials of life? How are you still in love after 20, 25, 30 years of marriage? That is 
wow, I think all of our listeners are probably a little bit jealous that you were able to hear the secrets to life, the secrets to decades of love and strong families. And um, what have been some of your biggest, I guess, personal takeaways? Um, not necessarily something that wouldn't show up in the research, but just as you know, you, Lauren Marks, are walking away from interviewing some of these powerful, strong, exemplary families from spanning different faiths and, and beliefs. What are some things that you brought home with you after that project? Uh, I, I have been a father and husband throughout, uh, throughout the project. And every time I step into one of these homes, I, I do feel like I, I get to see a wonderful example of what it means to be a loving, committed spouse and parent. None of them are perfect, but each of them have strengths and areas that I'm weak. And I appreciate their, their lived example uh, to me. And I, I go away wanting to be more like uh, many of these couples that we, we interview. It's been the research experience of a lifetime to, to get to grow up as a husband and father over the past uh, 20 years or so uh, while conducting this this research it's a it's a living school so to speak mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's not you know a lot of times people think of research as just numbers or running some regression analysis on a computer but you were in people's living rooms and that is that's a treasure you'll you'll definitely carry with you throughout your whole life so it is um i think it's definitely interesting it's definitely an interesting time for families as we turn the corner into a new decade, inundated with new challenges and new opportunities. Um, I want to listen, uh, introduce our listeners to the main focus of our discussion today. It's an article you co-authored in The Atlantic with Dr. Dolahite about a powerful family ritual that lots of Latter-day Saints, uh, Latter-day Saint families practice in their homes each week. Could you give me and our audience a two-minute drill rundown of your article and its findings? Why was it so important? You bet. Uh, briefly, uh, the late sociologist Vern Bankson, uh, who was not LDS, uh, called Family Home Evening one of the most successful religious programs fostering intergenerational connections and the nurturing of, of families. Um, Family Home Evening was not ever intended to be strictly religious. Uh, there, there can be hymn singing and scripture reading, but there's also game playing and discussing of ethics. Uh, perhaps most importantly, if you can dodge intra-family warfare during home evening, there's treats uh, at the end when you're done. Uh, for me, I, I thought about this as I was driving today. The word Thanksgiving, um, some of our best family home evenings personally for, for our own family, have centered on the thanks that we have for one another and for our Creator, and also on what we can give to others to, to uh, expand, to give, to connect. And I think that is, uh, you know, those are two foci that are available to any family of any faith or of no faith to focus on what you're grateful for in terms of relationships and what you can give and offer others as a family. Such a divergence from kind of what you hear in pop culture things that we're told to pursue as individuals, I guess, by by the world, we put in quotations and kind of plays into an, one element of your article that I really, really loved was how you described Family Home Evening in the very first line as a pause. You're saying that there's a lot of power in just that pause. Can you expound a little bit more on why pausing 
in our families can be a good thing, even if we're really, really busy. I mean, you talked about you and your wife are both college professors. I imagine your children have lots of uh, activities that they do on a on a day to day to day basis. But but you're telling us that this pause, this kind of refocus can be really powerful and really important. It can. I, I would say that uh, in literature, for example, we hear about pregnant pauses, pauses that are filled with meaning and anticipation. Uh, and so we can be asked, what what does that pause mean when we pause in family life or family home evening? And what it means for, for many of us is that whatever else is going on, however crazy the pace may be, how frenetic it may be, we pause to honor both our creator and each other within our family relationships. Those two things fundamentally matter more than anything else that's going on. Uh, interestingly, in terms of looking outside of ourselves, I think of the yoga-based practice. For those that are familiar with it, uh, an instructor may say namaste, uh, which literally means not I. Uh, interestingly, with family home hmm. evening, it is similarly a chance to take a deep breath and say, it's not just about me. It's about our relationships, about our connections about our creator and going back to the thanks and giving point uh, that it's not even just about our family. It's about what we can give to others in the way of service. Uh, what can we give to one another within the walls of our home that strengthens and lifts? Wow. I hope, I hope our listeners take a, take a second and rewind that and listen to that because I can, I can only speak for myself, but I, I know uh, many friends and family that have described exactly what you felt that frenetic pace and oh i accomplished this task but all that means is i have three more to do and uh, as well as the namaste the not i i think that's such an interesting paradox to how by releasing and, and disengaging and pausing that we can find strength it really reminds me of the way that um latter-day saint families and and jewish families of faith uh, think about the sabbath in a way uh, kind of a, a day not for not for us we're not using this for our personal gain but to recognize our creator and 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 give honor to that um, another critical component that you were able to articulate about family home evening in this article was that even though some youth might find certain activities boring um, which I want to clarify that's your words not mine just in case my mother's listening uh, but at some point along the road, you said it clicks and there's a feeling of oneness. I can only imagine how many parents have strived, worked, and, and prayed that their family can feel that oneness. How exactly does family home evening, this, this one hour a day of maybe making snacks and having a song, how does family home evening bring families together in this powerful way? Well, I, I will say on a more mundane note that Yes, some of the folks we interviewed did say it was boring. Uh, I actually asked our kids about this at family dinner last night, and they said, come on, is, is it boring? <laughs> and, and my 15-year-old said, well, it's not boring if you sleep through it. So uh, not a very high recommendation <laughs> there. And, and we, you know, we wrestle with that. And yeah, there are some uh, that are boring, but we're building for the long haul. 
you know, to quote Maya Angelou, not everything that you do is a masterpiece. Uh, sometimes you're just stretching your soul. And, you know, most, most family home evenings have their share of, uh, of boredom, of disinterest, at least at certain points. But it's, it's a wonderful thing when things do click. Uh, I have a daily ritual, uh, almost daily ritual, going for a walk with my wife. Um, and it's rarely uh, dramatic or dynamic, but over the long haul, those little threads uh, that are walks are, are woven into a very, very strong rope. And that's what keeps us together. I look at it in many ways like you look at breathing. Breathing is not dramatic or dynamic, but you got to do it. You've got to do it to stay alive. And the, the cadence, the punctuation of having that weekly family home evening, it, it does uh, insert a, a level of rhythm and cadence to your life where you can breathe relationally. I absolutely love that imagery of the rope where you build thread by thread by thread every single day, or in this case, in every single week, to where you have a almost an unbreakable rope and you have a very strong rope. I also appreciate your authenticity. And I think I speak for our listeners when we say, um, we appreciate that that your research isn't just saying this is cut and dry. You're saying, hey, you know what? There's ups and downs to this, but um, it's the it's the it's the goal that matters. And the masterpiece, to to quote my Angelou, that we're working towards. Yeah. Um, well, Dr. Marks, how would you address the question or concern if someone came to you and said, "Hey, look, I read your article in the Atlantic. It's great, but I think there's an issue." See, most of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that I know are white, uh, upper middle class, and they have a lot of privilege, maybe not afforded to other communities. So I think Fam Home Evening is great, but it doesn't really help more diverse communities because I have to work every Monday night or, um, the, you know, the success of Fam Home Evening is, is descriptive, not necessarily prescriptive. And how would you address uh, that concern is family home evening. Is this idea of a weekly family ritual? Is that something that's accessible to all? Is it something that can be modified or adapted? How does that look in in your eyes? It's a great question, Tyler. Uh, my scholarly interest versus personal interest in family home evening came to me from somebody outside the faith, a good friend who's Southern Baptist, who said, "Hey, you you have some great resources for." for any Christian family, uh, and at some level for any family at all, available on, online to help promote this practice. Why aren't you doing more to promote it? So uh, my, my dear friend, his name's Tommy Phillips, uh, called me out on that, and we've tried to do a little better. I, I think that one of the wonderful things about Family Home Evening is that it only costs time, not mm. money. Uh, for a mm. good chunk of the first uh, eight or ten marriages or years of my marriage uh, to my wonderful wife, Sandra, uh, going through graduate schools, uh, etc., we were po. I mean, mm -hmm. couldn't mm -hmm. even afford the OR at the end of poor. We, were, we, we, we had nothing, and, uh, but we did have time. And so to, to any family uh, in any context, if you're willing to make it a priority, you can pull it off. Many, many families I know that do home evenings, whether they're Latter-day Saint or otherwise, 
uh, pick a night that's best for them. Um, Monday is not necessarily sacred. Uh, you can do it Sunday, Wednesday, whatever works for you. And the the importance is that uh, it's it's a priority that you that you champion it over all the other competing priorities that you have in your life and make it happen. That's that's excellent uh, information to know that the the principle behind family home evening is can translate across any day of the week. Um, you know, a lot of different structures and it, you can make it work for you, whatever your situation is in the American families of faith project. Did you ever run into families of different faiths that, um, did, uh, any unique family rituals that you found interesting or they found very, uh, I guess the family loved or what, what, what did you see, um, in that aspect? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. Um, a marvelous example. In fact, we've called it the family ritual par excellence in our research is the Jewish Shabbat or Sabbath celebration. Uh, we have written about how we have what might be called holy envy for for that particular uh, sacred ritual and family practice. And for those who are interested, we've got a great deal of material there. Uh, we've had the opportunity to uh, interview and to participate in uh, Ramadan fasts with Muslim families, where the month-long fast is culminated with a zakat offering, a generous financial offering to those who are poor that I find uh, to be wonderful and exemplary. Uh, I, I think of uh, a variety of other uh, Christian faiths that have their own variations on the theme. And I think it's important to not be competitive but to to draw from the strengths of different faiths for for inspiration for ideas we're all trying to build stronger families and stronger relationships and there are there are ideas out there some are new and some have been around literally in the case of shabbat for millennia that is that's really interesting and it's very uh powerful i think to see how even though our faiths can differ um, that there's these common themes that seem to uh, transcend uh, religious differences. And, and, and this idea of the pause, whether that is the, the fast of Ramadan or the Jewish Shabbat, that is really interesting to me how um, faiths that are, you know, across the world, across the country, uh, share these similarities. What sort of advice would you give to someone listening, whether they're a Latter-day Saint, uh, Baptist, Muslim, Jewish, if they're listening and they say, well, Dr. Marks, okay, I'm, I'm sold. Uh, this is a, this is a fantastic idea. And I would love to, to start to implement this, um, with my family. I'd love to share in these rituals together. How would someone begin this process? How would that look in a family dynamic? I asked my wife this question, uh, this past week. She uh, was a convert to our faith and so grew up without family home evening per se, and then started up from scratch. And she said, I would, I would tell our, our friends of other faiths uh, or even of no faith to start simple, to start small. Uh, if you are a person of faith, to, to uh, just keep it simple in terms of a few scriptures uh, some thoughts to share with one another. Focus on gratitude. Focus on giving. 
uh, focus on keeping it fun and relational. The other secret that, that she offered was to rotate responsibility. Uh, hmm. Mom and dad are not uh, the perennial bosses and managers of this. Give, give your kids of whatever age ownership. Give them the opportunity to select the key activities and to lead the discussions and decide what to do. And that uh, promotes buy-in and involvement and excitement. So, so just to recap there, starting simple, not making it overcomplicated, not getting out the streamers or the, or the balloons necessarily. Starting simple, uh, keeping just a, a couple of scriptures, a, a, a sharp focus on the message. And then allowing all of the members of our family to participate, not just uh, in the actual action of the ritual, but in the planning and the preparation. That's is that a pretty good uh, understanding of that? It, it is. It okay. Is. Um, well, I want to ask you if you're okay with it. More of a personal question: How does family home evening look in the home of someone who is a, a tried and true expert on the subject? Does it run perfectly without a hitch every time in your home, or are there still some struggles? What do, can you give us some insight to what it looks like in your home? Well, first of all, I'm not an not an expert <laughs> anywhere close to it. Uh, I think that's part of the reason I'm drawn to studying it, trying to learn how to do it better. Mm. But uh, but in our home, I, I will tell you behind the scenes. Several years ago, one of our kids came home having viewed Martin Luther King Jr.'s wonderful "I Have a Dream" speech. They were impassioned about it. They were inspired by it. Who, who can't be? I mean, really, when you hear it. And in a moment of weakness, I said, I have my own dream. Would you like to hear it? And the kid said, yeah, Dad, what's your dream? And I said, my dream is that one Monday night, I will call you for family home evening, and you will just come. Each of you will come without me twisting your arms, dragging no you. No groaning. No groaning. You'll just come. You know, and I'm still waiting for that dream to be realized. It's, okay, no. it's not quite realized just yet. <laughs> we're, we're a long way from perfection. But with, with that said, uh, you know, asking my own kids last night, uh, is it ever boring? And I already told you that one of them said, not if you sleep through it. But I said, come on. You know, I know, I know it's boring sometimes, but, but is there a but in family home evening? And again, one of my smart out teenagers said, well, if all five of our kids show up for our next family home evening, we'll have seven butts on the couch. <laughs> so I don't know if that'll make the cut in your podcast or not. Um, but, but I will tell you, there, there have been beautiful home evenings. Um, yeah, many of them are a struggle and are kind of mundane, but there have been beautiful ones, Tyler. That is, that's really heartening to hear for. I know a lot of our listeners are still uh, individuals, maybe just in the beginning of a relationship or, or single. And this, uh, you know, the, the prospect and the looking forward to a family is something that is uh, exciting, but also nervous. And so to hear you say, you know what, it's been a struggle, but it's been worth it. Yeah. That is just a, uh, something for our listeners to lean on. Um, with that being said, when, can you share if you feel comfortable one of those moments or any of those moments that uh, that you felt this is worth it, where you you had a maybe a, a click, uh, you know, in your article, you talked about a click moment. Yeah. Um, have you had any of those moments in your in your family, whether as a as an individual, as a as a youth um, with sure. your wife or with your family? Sure. A couple that stand out to me. Uh, one 
one I will offer from a friend who was from uh, a, a very wealthy family who said that the, their parents sat them down at one point and said, kids, uh, we've, we're very blessed. We've got a lot. We're moving on into Christmas season this year. We're going to give you a choice whether you can have your stack of presents like you usually do or you mm -hmm. can each pick someone in your class at school who doesn't seem to have much. And over the next couple of months, you can get to know them well and figure out what they love. And then we'll surprise them by dropping off gifts on their doorstep uh, on Christmas Eve and running. And each of you could take that challenge. What do you think about that, kids? And this friend of mine told me, we, we were so excited about it. We said, we do want to do that, Mom and Dad. And they did. And Tyler, that lingered with me. Uh, I heard that story when I was still single. Um, and so one of our most meaningful family home evenings ever, if I can share this, uh, was about 15 years ago. And some good friends had uh, given us a gently used car for a steal of a deal. And we had our older car to get rid of. And we gather our kids together. They were 10 and under at that point and said, kids, your grandma and grandpa have made a habit of trying to give away their cars over the years instead of selling them to families that really needed them. Things are a little tight right now, but we've got a choice to make. We can give this to a family, our, our older car, to a family that really needs it, or we can sell it. What do you think we should do? And the kids in unison said, we should give it away. And we said, to who? And they came up with uh, a name quite quickly of a family that we knew that was uh, in need of a car. And at the end of that family home evening, we got to drive that car over to, uh, to that home and drop it off. And that's one we'll never forget, Tyler. Um, I, I'm grateful for that. You know, on a, on a more light note, another really magical moment was one of my daughters learned uh, how to play Matisse Yahoo's One Day, a wonderful song on the guitar. And she played it for the first time. And then we sang it together as a family. Not a hymn, but a beautiful song of hope. Uh, and I remember just just a warmth, again, of giving, of hope that filled our home. And that was one of those moments where you thought, this is why you do it. This is why you go through the, the frustrations, where you feel that unity, that transcendence, that awareness of, of others. Wow. I, I'm very moved by your testimony of Family Home Evening. And I think I just had a click moment, and I think our listeners had a aha moment um, and and understand why wow these are the moments that make it all worth it uh, that unity togetherness it's not about uh, what what can we gain it's about what can we give it's about honoring our creator uh, and all of those things and so I I'm I'm nearly speechless but I just want to say thank you for that for that testimony you bet. Um, for our listeners, uh, if you'd like to read the article we've been referencing, learn more about Dr. Marks, his research, or the classes that he teaches, we will have that information uh, located in our podcast notes. Um, Dr. Marks, I mean it when I say thank you for coming to share your research and your passion with us. It's both exciting and daunting to learn, a way, learn about ways we can strengthen our families. 
It's a challenge and an opportunity at the same time. Because of researchers and advocates like yourself, our job on the front lines of the families, it gets a lot easier. Is there any closing or takeaway message that you'd like to, uh, a message of hope that you'd just like to share with anyone listening today? I would just say that there is beauty in refusing to quit. Um, the vast majority of our family home evenings are mediocre, to be completely honest. But there is a message that's sent uh, to, to our kids uh, when, when we make this a priority that says, even though it's not magic, even though it's not entertaining every time, family is so important. Uh, our, our meaningful breath, that pause, to think about our Creator, to think about each other and those that we can serve, that matters so much that everything else can go on hold. And I, I just uh, ask for blessings upon, upon your listeners as they make efforts to, to unify their families and, and serve others. Well, there you have it. Dr. Lauren Marks, we appreciate you. We thank you. And we hope to talk to you very soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to know more about Dr. Marks or his research, those links will be in the show notes. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, please email us at byusflpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show.